This is Fly Episode number 32 of Serial Entrepreneur, Chris Jackson, coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township. It's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I'm so excited to have you here with me today because it is the very first interview ever done on my show. But before we get into who I talked with and what we spoke about, today's episode is brought to you by my website, FulfillingLife'sYearnings.com. Now, if you're looking to fulfill life's yearnings in any area of your life, then FulfillingLife'sYearnings.com is the resource for you. Go to FulfillingLife'sYearnings.com today and join the newsletter. Because when you do, you'll get the empowering two-page report. You'll want to fulfill life's yearnings after reading this. And I truly believe that you are going to enjoy this report. So, fulfillinglifesjourneys.com, helping you be your best, writing me write the script of your life, and taking action on your dreams. Now, today's guest on my show is a good friend of mine from college, and his name is Chris Jackson. Now, if you don't know anything about Chris, Chris is from Pontiac, Michigan, and attended Hope College. He double majored in accounting and business management with a minor in philosophy, and more than anything, Chris is a serial entrepreneur focused on building an empire. Now, I just want to tell you right off the bat, I had a lot of fun doing this interview. You know, as I already stated, it was the first one. So this one is going to go about just almost an hour. I wanted to give you guys the best content, and Chris had a lot to share. So I didn't want to hold anything back, and I just let him go all out on today's episode And it's definitely something that you're going to want to listen to a couple of times because he has some gold mines in there. And also, I'm going to have some resources available for you after the episode. So without further ado, here's my first podcast interview with my good friend, serial entrepreneur, Chris Jackson. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode to help you get to where you need to go in 13 minutes or less so that you can fulfill your life's yearnings. I go by the name of Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule, and today is history in the making. I have my very first podcast guest coming on here to talk about how he is fulfilling life's yearnings in his own life. And he goes by the name of Chris Jackson. Chris, thanks for being here with me today. How are you doing, man? Oh, man. Talk about <laughs> pressures. <laughs> the first ever, huh? No. I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm excellent. I cannot complain. I'm just really excited to get this going. You know, as I said, this is history in the making right here. So we're, we're setting the president's. For all the rest of the times that I'm going to do this, so we, we're going to have a lot of fun today, just 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 being ourselves and 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 talk about you know what we're doing to fulfill life's yearning. So just just speaking of that, um, I just wanted to start off with uh, with your bio, um, if you don't mind, just giving us a, a intro about yourself and you know who you are and where you come from. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, Chris Jackson or CJ, uh, whatever you prefer, but. I am uh, originally from Pontiac, Michigan, born and raised for the most part. Um, So I come from urban America, just like uh, a lot of people out there. And I actually went to three different high schools. I might be jumping uh, into it a little bit too much, but I went to three different high schools that really helped shape who I am as an individual. Uh, We can talk about that later if you'd like, but uh, after I uh, graduated from high school, I uh, went to Hope College, which 
I think another person on this call also went to Hope College. Hey, I think I went there too. <laughs> and, and, and I think I happen to be in the same fraternity as the person <laughs> that's doing the interview right now. But uh, ended up going to Hope College. I majored in accounting and business management, double major, minor in philosophy. Okay. Uh, which is, is different, uh, but I really enjoy the abstract ideas behind philosophy and structure and thoughts that way. So uh, those were my majors, and uh, now I do some consulting work, and I am a serial entrepreneur working on some really big projects. So Cool. So you mentioned, you know, starting off with that, you're a serial entrepreneur. Like, what, is, what does that mean, first question, and then and second, why was that something that, you know, you were interested in spending your time with? Okay. So uh, in terms of serial entrepreneur, everybody might have a different meaning to it. But for me, it means being involved in in multiple different businesses, business ventures, uh, to whatever capacity that you can be involved in. So, for instance, I I always hated the question, what do you want to be in the future? (laughs) And, And the thing is, I never wanted to focus on one thing. It's not my style. I don't ever want to be just known for being a guy that was just incorporated in one industry or in one type of business. So for me, my thing is building businesses um, to whatever capacity I can uh, at whatever capacity I'm involved in the business. So that's that's what a serial entrepreneur is to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, How I got involved in it. Uh, actually, it takes me back to being at Cranbrook Kingswood, which is a uh, private high school. Right. Uh, on the east side of Michigan, and I was there, and uh, a goal of mine, especially coming from urban America, coming from Pontiac, Michigan at least, the goal is typically to either be an entertainer, uh, to be a professional athlete, or go down the road I don't think anybody really wants to ever go down, right? right? So for me, it was to become a professional athlete, and what ended up happening is I got into this environment, and the school is predominantly Caucasian just to kind of put it out there. And and to, to go to an environment like that, I got along with everybody okay, but some of my friends' parents would actually say, you know, well, instead of, to some extent, they would basically say, well, instead of um, playing for a team professionally, why don't you ultimately own a team? Mm. And it was a thought process that I had just never heard ever in my life coming from Pontiac, Michigan, man. And, and, it triggered something, right? So I still enjoyed football. I still pursued that passion, but it was always with a different mindset after that point. So in terms of being an entrepreneur, it came really from that moment, I think, when I was told, hey, why don't you just, why don't you think about owning the team instead of playing for it? So, yeah. Okay. Wow, that, that, that's really interesting. So sticking with that point, when you, you know, started hearing that that different you know, mindset and, and, and the approach of things instead of like playing the for the team and actually owning it. What uh, aesthetically did that start doing for you as a person? Did you start uh, you know reading more, or what helped you build up to to be able to do what you do now? For sure. Um, at the time, I hated reading, okay, and, and so I definitely didn't start doing that back then. But what it did do was it allowed me to be to gain interest in being a business management major. In college. Okay. And that's whatever college I decided to go to at that point. So for me, it was gaining interest in the business aspect of things. So all of a sudden now I started not only watching things for entertainment, but trying to see the business behind what was actually being done. So in watching an interview, for instance, I'm a huge fan of Jay-Z. So in watching an interview by Jay-Z, it wasn't necessarily about the content that he was talking about. It was more of the meaning behind the content now. It was why is he placing his brand this way? Why is he doing this and that? And, and I really didn't have the vocabulary like I have now okay. to talk about it, but I can think back now and say that those were the things that I was actually thinking, if that makes sense. That does. That does. That's interesting that you said that because I actually, for my first term paper, uh, for my master's, did a paper about, a research paper on Jay-Z and just, just really got into you know the nitty gritty about you know where he came from and and getting a sense of what his mentality was. So after that moment, you know, taking a a bigger interest in the things that he's doing that you know that we necessarily don't talk about. So right. I, I'm I'm with you on, on where you're coming from from there. But um, going forward, what what are some of the things that you're doing now as far as um 
serial entrepreneur that gets you excited. Like, you know, you wake up in the morning and it just feels good to to uh, be a part of those things. Yeah, for sure, man. So um, I, I think the main thing is I have a passion ultimately, and I don't know if this is getting too deep or not, but I'll go into it anyway. I, I have a passion for uh, in terms of a culture or let's just call it urban America, uh, whatever it means, right? I, I have a passion for showing those kids that you don't necessarily have to be an athlete or an entertainer uh, in order to make money, right? So in other words, uh, the tech sphere or the tech industry in general, uh, it's still really building on itself, right? It's still ultimately becoming what it's going to be. It's still There's still room for legends, if you will, right? So you have the Bill Gates of the world. You have uh, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. But that Mount Rushmore, I think, is still being built. Okay. So to some extent, what I'd like to do is show urban America that technology is cool, that you can be from a certain area and still participate uh, in different things or businesses like the things that are going on in Silicon Valley with the billionaires and things of that nature. So it's not to say that I'm necessarily going to ever be a billionaire. Um, it's definitely a goal. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's, it's just me being passionate about showing kids in urban America that there's another way. So that's one of the things definitely um, wakes me up in terms of the businesses that I'm working on right now. And it's going well. Yeah. Okay. So how do you, how do you go about helping them, you know, people from urban America actually start getting involved? Like, someone uh, wants to get involved and do, you know, tech like what you're trying to teach people. How, what's that process for you, and, and how do you get them in so they can actually see that that's actually a possibility for them as well to, to do something in a similar uh, scope? Right. So I, I think the first thing is actually being successful at it, right? Um, so I'm not where I want to be ultimately, definitely getting there, definitely making uh, some big strides these days. Right. But uh, the first thing is actually proving that you can be successful in it. Hey, uh, and then once you, you, you're an example to everybody else, now you can go and you can go back to a, a city like Pontiac and say, this is what I've accomplished. Here are the things that I've done to become successful. Right. And now let's find the people who want opportunities, right? So it's not necessarily going back and just giving a lot of things away, which I definitely plan to be generous, but it's more like saying, okay, teachers in a particular area, right? Uh, what kids actually do you think have potential to be interested in the sector like I'm talking about. And then once they say whatever they're interested in or they give me a list of kids, then we can say, okay, let's give these kids an opportunity to actually be mentored, uh, to be shadowed, you know, to, to have the ability to shadow and see some of the things that we do on a day-to-day basis yeah. and let's prepare them for the next step. Okay. So that's, I think that's probably what the first step will be. Okay. Awesome. So going off that, you know, you said it's not, you know, where you want to be right now. What... Mm-hmm. Where do you see this going? You know, the, and just to put it out there, the reason why I like having people on like you is that, you know, you're, you're someone who's in the hunt right now and, and going through the trenches and, and, and someone that, you know, inspires me, you know, to keep doing what I'm doing because you're you're going out there in the world and, and creating, you know, something for yourself, whatever that might be. And, and, and it's, for me, it's just inspirational to see other people my age taking such a you know, an, uh, an interest in, in their own self-development and improving in their own life and then also being able to, you know, be that example for others that are trying to come up as well. So that's why I like having someone on like you. And and so where do you see this going for you? Like what, how do you know when you finally made it and, 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 um, and how would that feel for you? For sure. Um, so what's interesting is I was just I've been thinking about that for the last couple of weeks actually just kind of mulling over it a little bit in my mind and and what does success actually mean for me and, and the first thing I should say is that success is different for everybody I think I've heard you say that on, on one of your podcasts as well um, but for me defining success what's interesting is that for a long time I was a proponent of destiny right and and, and what destiny actually meant and that everyone had a particular destiny. Um, in my mind, that's changed a bit. Okay. I think that people have a particular skill set or a unique set of abilities that other people may not have, mm-hmm. uh, which you can throw into that destiny bucket. But I'm starting to realize how randomness plays a role okay. 
in my life and the life of others around me. And the, and the for instance would be uh, take Michael Jordan, for instance, because it's such a popular figure. You, you take a Michael Jordan who no doubt has worked hard to become what it's become mm-hmm. or what he became. And uh, he can probably be touted as one of the best basketball players in history or ever. That, that's not to say that there weren't a hundred or a thousand other people that had the ability that Michael Jordan had, but at the same time, it was probably some of his work ethic compared to others. Mm-hmm. That probably takes away, you know, 80% of the other people that could have done what he did. Right. And then you look at, okay, well, he was at the right place at the right time in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the mentality, he had the work ethic, but at the same time, circumstances had to line up a certain way for him to become the Michael Jordan that we know today. Sure. So I say all of that to say, in terms of what success means for me, I think it's just playing a significant role in history, um, whatever that might mean. I, I'm coming to a conclusion that you're only as important as other people make you. Okay. Um, not to say that internally you shouldn't feel like you aren't worth everything that you get in more, mm-hmm. but but from an outside perspective. You know, this is a, this may be a bad example, right, wrong, or indifferent, but Hitler is an important person in history, right? right. Um, he did some bad things, but he's still remembered as a significant piece of history that's typically turned into a good thing based on the U.S. actually winning the war. Right. Um, and the same thing can be said on the opposite end of the spectrum for Mahatma Gandhi or Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think... You're only as important as people make you to some extent because they have to feel like you've done something significant in their life, in their lives, in order to say that you're an important figure of history. You track I do like that. That that is actually a very interesting approach to it. I actually was just writing that down because that actually really does make a lot of a lot of sense. You know, I actually had a. Of course, when I was at uh, still over at Hope during the senior seminar course, and for those of you listening in, uh, over at Hope College, and you're a senior there, they have you uh, sign up for a senior seminar. And the one I had uh, during my senior year was Faith and Calling. And during that course, you know, we were reading books about historical figures, and something that made me think of this is when Chris was saying that. On either side, you could have someone who was still important, but they might be important because they did something horrible or did something positive. And so that kind of made me think about, you know, with each of us, you know, we have, you know, a calling of some sort or something that you feel, you know, called to do. And and it seems that some in some cases that that thing could be a, a positive thing. Or a negative thing, but but somehow you still end up being remembered for whatever it was because someone else valued it. So that that actually made a lot of sense now putting putting all those things together. And, and I see what you're talking about with the randomness because that was something that happened a couple of years ago, and it, and it just came back to me like that. So yeah, that definitely makes sense for that. But um, also I was curious in in getting to know like. You know, to fulfill life's yearnings, you have to be someone who I, I think, you know, understands yourself, uh, at, mm-hmm. least to a, to, at least to a certain extent. Now, where do you see yourself being as far as your awareness that that keeps you, uh, you know, able to move forward, even when you might get stagnant at some point or you might, you know, take a couple of losses? Like, how do you deal with that in order to keep the momentum going, you know, day after day? For sure. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, that's, I think, what my message is to everyone listening, if, if I could give one, would yeah. be um, just really start to understand who you are as a person, first of all. Uh, you don't have to be perfect. Situation, the circumstances, they don't have to be perfect, right? But it's a matter of understanding who you are first, being consciously aware of that, and then understanding, sticking with the theme of history, uh, where you are and where you want to be in terms of history in the short time that we have here on earth. Okay. Uh, so ultimately treating every day like a possession uh, is, is, is how I like to look at it. And, and so uh, in terms of uh, my personal experience, I, I am at a place where I am, I, you're always growing and changing. So I don't want to say I'm completely aware of who I am sure. or uh, 
what I am. But I do have a good grasp on a foundation for who I'd like to become. And, and really what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, okay. uh, and, and how I can build the right relationships to put me in a position to succeed mm-hmm. as much as possible. Right. Right. So I, I think about three things on a daily basis. Um, at some point, the first thing is ultimately what my legacy is going to be. Right. In other words, um, you, you have some people that are remembered throughout time, right? Like uh, a Julius Caesar or, um, you know, Jesus Christ, whether you're religious or not. Um, right. A number of different names, Martin Luther King, for instance. I mean, there are a lot of different people that are remembered throughout centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that once you get to a monetary level when you're comfortable, after that, it's all about your legacy. Okay. Or from my perspective, I think it should be about the legacy throughout the entire process. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, what I'm remembered for and, and who I'm remembered by um, is the first thing. The second thing is my significance. Okay. And, and what I mean in terms of significance is how many people have I touched directly, right? How many people uh, are going to say that they had a positive experience when it came to me or at least if not positive and influential right. experience when it comes to a conversation with or about, you know, Chris Jackson. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the second thing. And, and significance also falls into how my family views me more than anything else, whereas legacy is outside perspective. Okay. And, and then, yeah, yeah. And then um, the last thing that I think about on a day-to-day basis is, is really helping free the minds out of the matrix if you will. (laughs) And uh, what I mean by that is too often people go with or are influenced by the masses, which basically whoever controls perspective ultimately controls thinking. Mm. And what I'd like to do is help people realize that whatever you believe is okay. Just do it on your own terms versus it being because that's what's been passed down three or four generations. Okay. So freeing yourself from a matrix where you aren't an independent thinker and ultimately becoming an independent thinker on all matters of life, no matter what it is. Okay. So those are the three things that I spend a lot of time on, on a day-to-day basis. And and that kind of fuels all of my day-to-day activities, if that makes sense. Interesting. That does make sense. So with, with some of those, actually all three of those, what, what brought those to you know your attention as as being something that was you know significant for you to you know think about every day uh, you know when you wake up or even throughout the day? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The main thing I think that brought that to my it, it's it was interesting because it kind of all happened in a matter of six to twelve months, right? All of these things kind of coming together for me, right. and, and it was a mix of my responsibilities, right? So. My family being taken care of is always what drove me to some extent to want to be a professional athlete back when I was really young going through high school, right? Uh, And then I started to realize that money can only do so much for you. And it can give you all of the things in the world, but if you don't have people to enjoy it with and share it with, for me, money is just a byproduct of being able to create memories or share experiences. Okay. At the end of the day. So I think that after that comes a legacy. I'm a huge fan of this show called House of Cards. I'm not necessarily promoting it, but I love it. Uh, Kevin Spacey's awesome in it. And there was one episode in particular uh, when he uh, they were dedicating a library to him back at his alma mater. And it really made him sit and have a perspective on you know, this is a legacy that I'm leaving, right? right? Because now every time kids go to this school and go to this library, they're going to see Francis J or whatever his middle name is, Underwood right. Library. You know what I mean? And, and and that's surreal when you get to a point where people are can't predict you, or even if they don't know you, they know that you're fairly important for some reason, and it makes people start to ask questions. Mm-hmm. So for me, it moved from money motivation to... What kind of a lasting impression okay. can I leave on to me? Right. So those things kind of all go hand in hand, especially when it goes to becoming an independent thinker. Um, so personally, from that perspective, I, 
I guess I should say this as a disclaimer. I, you know, I'm I'm a humanist. Like I just believe in humanity. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, okay. And I think that race and religion really slows down the progression of a lot of conversations. Um, not to say that people can't have a certain religion that they believe in, or not to say that I'm not going to be African American or Black tomorrow, right? But what I am is sometimes those personal feelings towards certain things can stop the progression of what could ultimately be something that could change the world. Right. Um, so those two things, I think, really slows down progression. And another thing is just, I don't think class should exist. And when I say class, I mean a class of people, right? Because you think about it, um, if we were to get on an airplane and I was in first class and somebody else that uh, couldn't afford first class was in the back of the plane. If the plane crashes, everybody dies. Right. So it's not even a matter of who was in first class when they died and who wasn't. It's mm-hmm. more a matter of now neither of us exist. And, and so I think that when people try to exercise class on others, I, I think that it is uh, because they're intimidated. Okay. Right? I, I think it's because, um, not to say that they didn't work hard for it necessarily, but I think ultimately they just find themselves in a position where they feel superior because they've never felt superior, but they've always felt inferior to some extent. So a self-confidence type of thing. Um, So all of that being said, with the combination of all of those thoughts, those three things can't help but pass my thinking at some point and help drive why I do what I do. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So just to turn the page a little bit... um, I did also see that, you know, you also have a website, and it's called, you know, Tech Camelot. And mm-hmm. I wonder if you could just, you know, talk about, you know, what that is, um, one, and then two, you know, if someone wanted to, you know, also start a site like that or, you know, even get into that space, you know, what was that that process of putting this together, you know, um I guess, you know, start to where you are now. For sure. Uh, so I have a business a holding company called Camelot Holdings, first of all. Okay. And for, for the people who don't know what a, a holding company is, it's basically the parent company or the umbrella company where you can place other businesses inside of it and it's its own entity and asset. Okay. okay. So uh, so th- this notion of Camelot, man, it's, it's been around, and you know, it's been around... It's sticking around for me uh, for a couple of years now. And this notion of Camelot is it was a, a time in the place of, of beauty, of peace, of enlightenment, duty, all of the things, whether that was an accurate uh, depiction or not, okay. all of those things are always associated with the notion of Camelot, right? And, and, and for me, at least, coming into... Uh, becoming ultimately what I want to become, right? So, you know, uh, a king, but not in the sense where I'm ruling over anyone, just the potential that I have, right? right? And and so uh, this notion of Camelot has really stuck with me. And so I I try to show that in everything that I do. So uh, for instance would be Tech Camelot. So Essentially, what we do with Tech Camelot is it's a, a resource site for entrepreneurs or starting entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that are new. Um, and I remember being a new entrepreneur and not having access to a lot of resources, right? And, and really doing it by myself. So this site is intended to provide um, entrepreneurial events in areas. It's intended to provide strategy across the board. Uh, in a blog format where people can read it, be entertained to some extent, get uh, the writer's opinion from it, but ultimately learn something that's going to progress their business for it. Okay. And so techcamelot.com uh, is where you can have more insight to that, uh, and we're proud of that. But what's interesting is from that, all of a sudden now when I have conversations, it's all about what I can do for you in terms of Tech Camelot, right? Because I'm not getting any benefit necessarily. It's more like, what's your business? Can I can I highlight your business? Or uh, everything on this site is essentially for you to become a better entrepreneur, okay. as a new entrepreneur. And so from that, relationships are built. Uh, 
which ultimately helps the other businesses that I'm working on. Right. A quick, for instance, or a quick sidebar, if you don't mind, uh, Entre Agents is another company that we have. Okay. Where uh, basically what that is is we are agents to entrepreneurs, like agents are to athletes. So mm-hmm. you think this thing that is entrepreneurialism has only been around for about ten years, right? Or really known as its own industry, if you right. will. And so what's interesting is that people don't understand if you have a business that needs to get funded, mm-hmm. there's a science behind getting funded for your business. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot of people try to just go out. A lot of entrepreneurs go out and they try to throw mud on the wall and hopefully it sticks and it works out for some companies. Okay. But at the end of the day, it doesn't work out for a lot of different companies. Mm-hmm. And so our goal uh, is to ultimately put companies in a position where you don't necessarily have to focus on the funding aspect of things while you focus on building your business to be what it needs to be. Right. And as you focus on you building your business with what it needs to be, like an athlete focusing on their game, if you will, mm-hmm. now let me focus on the funding aspect of things and getting you paid for it. So essentially what we are is we're the broker, so we'll connect entrepreneurs to the investor. Uh, and then if it's the right situation... Ultimately, that's when we'll get paid as a company. So what's interesting is that you take Tech Camelot and you take Entre Agents and there's a few others, but they all work together to some extent, right? Because now I have access to entrepreneurs and investors. And so as I start to promote these things on Tech Camelot, now everybody can benefit. Okay, that's cool. So essentially, sounds like you're you're putting together just like the like an ultimate community where where you are on the outset providing, you know, value to everyone that, you know, sees value in, in, in being a part of what you have to offer. And that's the main thing, Blake. Yeah. I think I think I agree with you 100 percent. At the end of the day, it's, you know, uh, probably 85 percent of startups fail mm-hmm. within the first year of existence. And 90 percent of that as studies may show, 90 percent of that is because of a lack of proper resources. Right. Mm-hmm. So. What I'm trying to do with this notion of Camelot is get rid of the notion that you have to be an island unto yourself to be successful and that if you'll just partner with other companies and take advantage of their resources uh, in a positive way, then you'll sustain and ultimately grow as a company. Okay. I get that, definitely. That's awesome. That makes a lot of sense for there. And I also wanted to just get your... um, you know, your thoughts on, um, you know, fulfilling life's yearnings in general. I, I wanted to start asking people, you know, what that would mean to them. Like I, I say fulfilling life's yearnings is, you know, writing the script of your life, you know, to whatever you want it to be and taking action on your dreams. Uh, what what else essentially would you see, you know, what, what those words could mean, you know, uh, for you? Can you say it one more time? Last part of that? Yeah, sure. Like, just taking those words and, like, I guess, oh. in a sense, internalizing, you know, how do you see those, you know, being meaningful to, you know, kind of put, like, a, a nice bow on top of the gift of, you know, what they mean for, you know, what you're doing with your life? For sure, for sure. Um, I, I think that, for me, I don't think anything would ever trump a sense of being free. Okay. Um, and, and freedom can mean different things to different people, but I'm ultimately successful when I can, we were talking earlier about creating those memories and experiences with the people I want to create them with. Right. That's, that's ultimate freedom to me. Okay. Uh, it's just being able to live life on my own terms. Right. So again, things are random and things happen all the time beyond your control. So whether or not it happens to the extent that I want it to is, is up for debate. Right. Right. It still needs, it still needs to play itself out. But the pursuit of that freedom uh, is is what I think motivates me on a day-to-day basis. So if I was fulfilling my life's yearning, mm-hmm. it's the pursuit of the freedom to live life on my own terms, which means having the experiences with the people I want to have experiences with um, and ultimately creating memories for people that otherwise, and, and I should say providing opportunities uh, for people who may not have otherwise had those opportunities. That is cool. I do like that definition. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So, before we, you know, wrap up, I just have a couple more questions. I know I remember, you know, the other day we were talking about, 
you know, finding, you know, finding your zone. I don't, if you wanted to touch on that just a little bit to, to talk about where you're coming from with that idea. Yeah. So for me, um, I've been in this zone lately. It's, uh-huh. it's finding, finding my zone. If I had to equate it to athletics, right. It's, uh, if you can remember back when Tiger Woods, you knew Tiger Woods was going to be successful because you could see it in his eye almost. It was, right. he's calm under pressure. He knows what he needs to do. Ice cold veins. And mm-hmm. he's going to hit the putt. Because he's in his zone. They used to call it Tiger Zone on the video game or something like yeah, that, right? Or you're <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but finding your zone is just the notion of okay. Here's A is okay. This is where I am. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. And really understanding where your strengths are, right? So uh, if you haven't done Strengths Finder 2.0, uh, it's a book, but there's also a test that you can take, and it tells you what your top five strengths are. Okay. So for me, the first one was being strategic. The next one was being an arranger. After that, was being an achiever, uh, command, and competitiveness. Okay. And, and so it's a matter of taking what you do on a day-to-day basis or ultimately what you want to do on a day-to-day basis and say, okay, how can I apply these five strengths to what I do, oh, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and understanding what your weaknesses are at the same time. So if I know that I'm weak in this area, can I lean on Blake? to provide what I need that I can't bring to the table. Okay. Right? So it's really understanding both of those aspects of it. So you start at who you are as a person, and then you have this timeline where at the end, this is ultimately where you want to be, call it success if right. you want to. And then basically what you do in between there is you really trying to find the sweet spot. So it's not necessarily about working hard, even though you should, right. but it's about working smarter at the same time, right? Okay. So how smart can you be? And I think once you can figure out working hard, but more than that, working smarter mm-hmm. versus harder, that's when you really start to find your zone, I think. Because that's when you have more hours in a day to do the things that you want to do, but the hours that you do spend working, all of a sudden they're multiplied. Right. Because you're doing it in a smarter way. Uh-huh. So when I say finding my zone, is really finding the sweet spot for what I'm ultimately trying to accomplish and then really applying the things, or I should say, a better way of saying it is really being productive. Okay. And understanding what productivity on a day-to-day really means. Got it. Wow. And what was that? the name of that book again? Strengths Finder. Strengths Finder. Uh, okay. Strengths Finder 2.0. Okay. And, and whereas I used to not be a reader, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I have a goal this year to read uh, 11 books or 12 books. and. Cool. I'm probably four or five in so far, so that's working out great. And um, I will say that that's really important. Um, I I don't necessarily, I didn't like reading. Right. uh, But once you understand ultimately what your passion is, then you're more than willing to start to read different books and and read the right kind of books. So that's something I want to put out there as well. I know I'm reading uh, The Lean Startup right now. Um, And for anybody who's a new entrepreneur who actually has an LLC for a business, uh, and is looking at understanding what being lean means and understanding how they can be the most productive with their time and not have to go through a bunch of mistakes necessarily. Okay. Uh, and, and the way that they put it in the book is actually validate your learning. Mm-hmm. Um, then the lean startup is, is definitely a good book. So awesome. just decide. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that question as well. So the lean startup, uh, Strength Finder 2.0, what would be. Um, I guess one more book that you would recommend to, you know, an entrepreneur starting off that comes to mind. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, I have a few in mind, but uh-huh. the one that I think I'll go with is uh, Peter Till's book, Zero to One. Okay. And if you don't know who Peter Till is, he is uh, one of the founders of PayPal, and he also was the first money invested in the Facebook. And if you find time, watch an interview on Peter Thiel. And this book, Zero to One, is basically all about entrepreneurs. And on the flip side of things, whereas we typically hear monopolies as a negative, mm-hmm. he talks about you wanting to be a monopoly. Interesting. Um, and, and the example he uses is Google. Okay. And how Google is definitely a monopoly in terms of AdWord campaigns, mm-hmm. right? They're a monopoly. But you'll never hear them say specifically that they're a monopoly because what they'll do is they'll talk about another industry they're in in terms of 
cars, for instance, right? right? The self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. And they're definitely a minority in that industry. But really what they're doing is they're ultimately putting together this portfolio that makes them a bigger monopoly than anybody ever would have imagined. So zero to one is concept to creation. One to infinity, one to infinity is you essentially taking an idea and doing the same thing that somebody else is already doing. In other words, starting a real estate agency or um, just a a traditional brick and mortar business where there's going to be a ton of competition. Right. So that's why he calls it one to infinity because the competition is never going to end. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can go zero to one and instead of penetrating an industry and attempts to change it, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, right? But he, he's, he's talking in terms of success. Uber would be one of those examples where they penetrated an industry and they're doing well. But it really remains to be seen what's ultimately going to happen because you have these big companies like taxi cab companies mm-hmm. that aren't just going to go away quietly. Sure. So essentially what they've done is they came up with a really uh, innovative idea, but they put themselves in a position to be shot down fairly quickly. Okay. Right. Or they put themselves in a position where there may be competition for infinity. Right. Whereas on the flip side of that, uh, if you were to look at, for instance, one of the things that we're doing is uh, digitalizing camps, athletic camps. And I won't get into too many details but um, because it's too soon, but right. our goal our goal is to ultimately be a tree branch or to be an extension of an existing industry. So now they can just partner up with you and you don't have to worry about the competition. Right. Versus trying to penetrate an industry and take the other competition down so that you can shine. So that's that's the book is a really good read, man. Um, we don't have enough time to get into details about it right now, but it, it's great. That's awesome. I like that you shared that. Uh, but um, I also did you know have one more question that kind of got you know sparked by you know talking about zero to one. Um, what what's the mindset that or the the thinking process for you that says you know what I can go out. And I can do all these different things, you know. What where does that um, that drive, or I guess that confidence, come from? That that's helping you say, well, I can get in the tech, and then I can, you know, kind of spread out and get involved in different industries. You know, how does how does someone go about, you know, get that mentality to to kind of you know mirror what you're doing? Yeah, so I'll say that your strengths have to fit being able to do multiple different things. Mm. Uh, so for me, like I said, uh, the strategic aspect or, or characteristic, the arranger characteristic, okay. it really allows me to penetrate any type of business, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I can add value to any type of business no matter what the industry is. It's just a matter of me being interested in that industry. So okay. uh, the tech space is one thing, like I said, um, and, and then like the services model that we're putting together, all of those different things. My strengths or attributes, if you call it, if you want to call it that, really lend to my ability to dabble in different areas. Okay. Now, that's one of the things that, now, actually, Zero to One, he talks about in that book, in one of his interview questions, Peter Till, mm-hmm. is what's one of the things that you believe that others don't believe okay. or others rarely believe? Mm-hmm. And it's a tough question, I think when you actually take time to think about it, what's yeah. one of the things that you believe that the masses of people don't agree with you on is a better way to put it. And for me so far, the only thing that I've heard, and you don't ever want to spread yourself too thin. Right. Right. Uh, so it's definitely a strategy behind that. But one of the things that I've heard is just focus on one startup at a time. Okay. And for me, I don't think that that necessarily has to be the case. Um, For me, I think that as long as you're organized enough and as long as you understand your role within each of those startups that you participate in and really understand what your time limitations are to begin with, Mm -hmm. then you can spread yourself across a few different startup companies, right? And try to hedge your bets, if you will, or try to build an empire is a a better way of putting it in my mind. So I think ultimately, I think that's the thing. It's just understanding what your strengths are and does it attribute to being able to going out and, and being a part of different causes or missions? Right. So definitely. So then you also 
I'm assuming relay like you were saying earlier. If if you're not knowledgeable in a certain area, you'll lean on someone else who who might be more knowledgeable in that area and put that team around you to to help you flourish as well as himself. Exactly, and, and it really comes down to relationships at the yeah. end of the day. I mean, you have to bring value. Right. You have to be able to or be willing to work hard, but. Exactly. At the same time, man, I mean, being able to coexist with other people. I mean, I know some companies now, they won't even get funded if you don't have two or three Mm co-founders. Because these investors understand that there is no way that one person could ultimately do what it requires to build a successful business, right? Right. A lot of cases, you need to have a hustler or a business mind, right? You need to have uh, a hacker, Uh which is who your CTO would be at the company. You need to have a hipster, which would be the person that can really coexist in both areas, but is more on the design side of things, right? The creative side of things. So really companies or investors are looking for that before they'll even consider investing in you. Okay. So it's one of those things where you have to learn how to coexist. Otherwise, you know, not to say that you won't be successful, but down the line, if you look at any of the successful empires or businesses that are around, it's because there were multiple people helping. So. Okay. Awesome. And I have one last question for you, and then, okay. then we can wrap it up. I mean, I've had a, a great time. I wish we could go longer. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> but um, we, we definitely have to get back on here again at a future time. But um, the last question I have is, you know, if you had a time machine, uh, what age would you go back to and and what would you tell yourself? Wow. All right, that's a good question. Um what age would I go back to? You know, it's interesting because the only thing that keeps coming to my mind mm-hmm. is when Cranbrook posed that moment to me where I should be an owner versus uh, an employee, quote-unquote. And that's not to say that anything is wrong with being an employee, but mm-hmm. for the things that I ultimately want to do, I need to own my own business, if that makes sense. So, I don't know. At the same time, I didn't get very serious about it because, I mean, you're in high school, so how serious are you really going to... Well, there are some high school kids that are really serious <laughs> out there. But at the time, right, without that influence necessarily, right, it's just... Right. How- how serious am I going to be about really applying myself to business? So, um, shucks, man, that's tough because I think things worked out exactly the way that they needed to work out in okay. order for me to be where I'm at. Definitely. That's so I'm not trying to dodge a question or anything, but if I hadn't gone to three different high schools, right? Um, I don't know if I would have what I like to think of as uh, kind of a complete perspective, i.e. street smarts and, and, and book smarts combined to some extent. For sure. Right? I, you know, coming from Pontiac, going to um, Cranbrook, and then ultimately graduating from West Bloomfield. Three very different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then instead of going to college to strictly focus on football, like going to Mount Union, for instance, which I had an opportunity to do, or playing football at Holy Cross, which is a 1AA school, which is bigger and more notoriety. Uh, At the same time, I chose to go to Hope College, uh, A, because my mom liked it and she typically gets what she wants. I mean, you know, (laughs) shit, whatever. Uh, But aside from that, it's the relationships that I had the opportunity to build at a Hope College because now you have a campus of, what, 3,000, 3,500 students. Right. um, And a college probably not most notably known for, but pretty known for CEOs and such sending their kids to school like that. Mm-hmm. So what's cool is that as a byproduct, I ultimately like gained a bunch of good relationships that I wouldn't have gained anywhere else that I think are ultimately going to help me on this path or this okay. journey that I'm on right now. Right. So it's hard for me to say I would go back to one time sure. and, and say <laughs> I would do something different because it's really helped. Okay. In a lot of ways. No, I like that answer a lot. You took it, took a different approach of it. So yeah, that's really cool. Cause, so really, from what I got out of that was just, you know, experience. You know, life as it's happening, and then also be open to you know different things that might happen that you necessarily didn't see as as being you know I guess a play for you to actually pursue 
and, and just embrace those different unique experiences. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things, too, is just being cunning enough to adjust. Okay. You know what I mean? You, you have to be cunning enough. You have to be flexible enough to adjust when things don't go according to plan. But you hit it right on the head for the most part. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I like that, like that response a lot. So that, that was the last question. And, cool, man. And I think for, for a first time, you know, you know, that was a historic moment. I'm very proud that we just did this interview and, I hope it was good. Hopefully, yeah. people don't look at it and say, "Man, this is a shitty interview, man. Why did you even bring him on?" You know. But no, you I, know? Definitely, but no I definitely had a lot of, you know, a lot of fun just getting to have a, a more a more intentional conversation about, you know, life and what we're doing. And sure. so I, do, I will definitely, you know, you know, guys listening in, include the links to what you know Chris was talking about, and then also like a you know, a list of the books that he brought up. I'm actually going to check those out as well and then, you know, speak about them you know, from my own perspective at a later date. But um, definitely I appreciate you taking time out to come on here on this, you know, this 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 beautiful day that we're having outside today in Michigan. And, and Right? I was in Florida all week and I came back like, oh, man, like the sun is actually shining down here, man. So that's good. Yeah, that's so good. good. No, but I, yeah, I, I appreciate the time. Um I really appreciate what you're doing, by the way, man. Uh, I think it's making a difference, and uh, hopefully other people see the value in it, and I'm sure they will, and hopefully I just enhance that. But anytime you want to have me on, let me know, man. Definitely. yeah. See, the the thing, I'll put it out there now, that what I want to do is just be able to to almost make this, even though I'm not doing the project, you guys are doing all your own work, but being able to have like that, that time period where you can go from, okay, this is when he first came on today, and then, all right, here's the second one. This like the, this, this to show like that that yeah, evolvement to, to whatever you're doing in the future. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully I progressed <laughs> at that point, and I haven't gone backwards. Right, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, I would, you know, I, I'll be talking to people about that and you know making it happen as well. But yeah, again, appreciate it. I mean, I had a, a great time doing this today, and, and I'll talk to you soon. Cool, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot. Peace. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is on the homepage, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.